0: The following was recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. Pastor Jesse Gilio is speaking. This morning, I want to take a little bit to look at the things that, that keep us from Jesus, keep us from missing that, that season. We talk about that often, don't let all the stuff get in the way. And we just want to put some language to that, some words to that, some story to it, because as as much as there were people seeking Jesus and moving toward him during the Christmas story, there was others who were moving away or even against him during that time. And it doesn't take much to throw us off from being in a good space with God, a good spirit, uh, mindful of this season. One little thing can sort of just set that off and and, and sort of your spirit kind of crumbles. Like it just sort of teeters almost sometimes during these, these high times. It can get really good and it can get really low really fast. I was uh, working the, the brewery this weekend and it was, it was busy. It's, it's people are, are hanging out with one another. There's lots of like last minute Christmas shopping going on. And, and, uh, and it's a little like more retail happening. This guy's in line, people in lines, There's long lines. It's, the, it's like the mall over there lately. And, and uh, these guy's in line, I see him come up and, and this is a couple and I was Younger couple, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, or or maybe young husband and wife, and and the guy said, "Hey, can I take a look at your forty ounce growlers?" And if you know, our growlers are these forty ounce hydro flasks, basically. They're they're steel insulated thermos. Uh, They're really cool. They have an MW on them. And he had seen them. He said, "Hey, I want to take a look at your forty ounce growlers." I said, "Oh, you know, we don't have those right now." And he's like, "He's like, oh, I think I you know I think I saw them online." I said, "Well, you might have, but it's been a while." And he's like, well, what's that one right there? I'm like, well, that's someone's personal one. And, and he was sort of like pushing the issue. Cause like I can tell like immediately when I said it didn't have He was sort of in a panic, but wasn't willing to just accept like they don't have them. So he keeps kind of pushing me on on the growlers. He's like, uh, he's like, Well, what if I buy one on, online? like they're not I said, they're not even actually available online. You know, sometimes and probably some of you do this, like you kind of make something up that you've seen when you're trying to make way with the retail associate. Like I know they're not online, man. Like, you didn't see them online. They're not available at all. And he's like, when are you going to get them in? I'm like, they're not even on, on the calendar to get in. Like, they're not, it's, it's I'm like, trying to be nice, because I see this guy sort of like losing, his spirit is just crushing, he's crumbling under this, you know, this news. And uh, he's said, man, well, I was going they were going to be on my Christmas presents. And I'm like, sorry, I, 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 we don't have them. Like, we still don't have them. And like, but it was kind of like my problem now, you know, and, and we've all done this or you've been on the other side. Like, I mean, it's been months and months since we've had these things. It's not even, but, but he comes out a couple days before Christmas. He has in mind the perfect gift that he's going to get. And I don't know. Some of you have been there, right? You wait too long and you show up, you expect it's just going to be there for you and it's not. And it's like it's the other place's fault. And, uh, he's like, you know, he's explains like, well, it's going to be my gift. So I was going to do this. And I'm like, that's a great story. And I'm sorry, your family's not going to get them. <laughs> we, we still don't have them. And, uh, I said, you could probably get them somewhere. And he said, where? I'm like somewhere, like in the universe, like there's probably 40 ounce growlers somewhere. And I'm like, can I do anything else for you? And he says, no. And he's turned and walked away. And I, and man, it was, it was hard to watch and be part of, cause I, I wish I could have done something, but I just couldn't. It was just a circumstance. Uh, there's no one who did anything wrong in that situation, but man, this guy was really bummed. I mean, he had it all sorted out. I, I have been there. You have something in mind. It doesn't come in time. You can't get to the store in time. The store is sold out. And then you just have to like cut a picture out of a magazine and it's like an IOU for the gift. Like, I'm going to get you this. You know, it's like, it doesn't really work. But those little things, like from coming into the, this moment, I mean, I got it all sorted out. I'm going to hang out with my you know, my girlfriend. We'll have a drink. We'll get out, take care of all the Christmas shopping. You're like, oh, I mean, now it's you know Saturday night, and I have to find these things, or i got to think of a new plan. And I get to see it all over his face. He just went from joy to, to despair right in that moment. And there's people throughout Scripture who ride that. We all do. But there's a few few areas in, this, in the Christmas story I just want to pick out as I just for us to be mindful of and thoughtful of, maybe some of us are there right now. Uh maybe it's just sort of precaution, like try not to get to this place. But people who've missed Jesus along the way, they missed, they missed the Christmas story. And there's really three things. Uh we'll look at three things that 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 keep us from encountering Jesus, and then maybe we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about another story um afterwards if we have time. But if you know, remember Luke 7, or Luke 2, 7, there's this story, right? Mary and, and Joseph come to, to Bethlehem and they, and they run into this, what's called the innkeeper, which we're not sure exactly what that is. It wasn't a hotel, but it was some place of lodging and they encounter someone who tells them what? There's no room. There's no room at the inn. There's no, there's no room in this place. There's no room upstairs, downstairs, you know, uh, in the corner. It kind of says no, no room and they move into a place that, that is not ideal. Now this is, there's this, you know, young couple, there's a woman who's visibly pregnant. They've just come on a journey, and they, and they get turned away. And he turns away, essentially, you know, hosting the, the, the Son of God in this moment because there was no room. And I think for, for you and I, right, because we can relate to that, there's no room. Like, I don't have more, any more room. I don't have room for you. I don't have room for, for more God. I don't have room for anything else. I, I'm, I am at capacity, and we can move into that place very easily and miss God showing up in our lives. So I'm like, I don't have room. I'm, I'm, I'm done. And we would never say that. But if you think about and process, if you self-reflect a little bit, like where you have space for, for others representing, you know, love of God or, or, or God himself, it's so easy that I don't have room. Some point this year, Amy uh, told me, um, her, some of her friends and my friends too, we we're, we're traveling from Fresno down to uh, Santa Barbara, and then on to San Diego, and they were looking for a place to stay. And it's the Drake family. Love the Drake family. We vacation with them once a year. Uh, think about the Drake family. There's eight of them in the Drake family. And, uh, they're all big. They're all athletes and they're, they're tall and it's this massive family. And Amy said, well, they can, she said, oh, I told them they could stay with us. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, I'm imagining it. there's no room. These are, you know, there's a, a bunch of them are teenagers and, they're all, like, athletes, and they're, they're fun, but I'm, like, thinking of my house. Some of you have been to my house. It's a, it's, it's, we love it, but it's this townhome, and there's, I don't have a, a guest room. I don't have, like, a den or, or even garage space. I'm like, I'm, like, there's no room in our house. Like, there, we literally can't have them here. Like, I'm just picturing all these kids and bringing in all their sports equipment, and it's just, like, it's not going to work. Like, there are all these, you know, big, big people. The mom's small, but the husband's really big, so he kind of, like, he makes up for it. I'm kind of like, oh my gosh, there's no room, you know, there's definitely no room for the drakes, and some of us have thought that, oh my gosh, we don't have room for them, but she's like, Amy's like, no, they'll sleep on the floor, you know, sleeping bags, and you start to figure it out, like, all right, like, I can get one on the couch, two in the living room, someone can sleep, like, in the kitchen, and then you put a couple in the garage, like, seriously, right, but it goes from, like, no room, like, I guess there's room. There's technically space. There's shelter in my home where they can sleep, and we would, have, we would have a good time. And so when you think about this, and for, say, the innkeeper, we represent someone who has shelter that they approach, it's not that there's no room, but there's, it's the lack of willingness to make room that keeps us from encountering God. It's, it, God listen, God knows, like, uh, you guys think you're busy and whatever that illusion is that there's no room in your life, but it's the lack of willingness to make room. I mean, I don't know what the the this innkeeper lodging exactly looked like, but man, there's probably a spot on the floor somewhere. But it's an inconvenience to invite someone into your space when you already feel full. I don't care if that's God or a neighbor or, or a friend in need or a stranger. Like I don't have any room. But if you really are pushed on it, like you can get creative. And you can create some space. Like we all can. I mean, how many times have you, if you have kids and they're they're sitting together, or, or it's the back seat of the car, and one of them's like, "There's no room here." You know, they're sitting. There's no room. Like, make room. Any moms ever say that? Make room, because you can make room. You can always make room. And we feel like we're at capacity, as this person did. But man, we could always make room. And, and, and the innkeeper, whoever's running this, it's a busy time, right? The census, there's all these people showing up in, in Bethlehem. He's busy. He doesn't have time. He's preoccupied with other needs. He doesn't want to deal with it. doesn't want to deal with this, this pregnant girl showing up at his place. Even though more than likely there's a slot somewhere, right? Just like when you say, oh my gosh, the Drake family is coming. There's no, well, we can make room. We can figure it out. We'll put people on the floor. We can move some people around. There is room. You can make room. So it's not just there's no room. It's the lack of willingness to make room that will really keep us from missing God. Because that initial gut reaction is like, oh, I don't have time for that. I don't have money for that. Whatever the thing is. But all right, if I really want to get creative, we, we know that we all, can, we all can make room. And so this person, he misses this moment uh, you know, with Mary and Joseph and, and ultimately Jesus in this space for lack of willingness to make room. In Matthew 2, we've looked at this past couple of weeks. I'll, I'll read a little bit of it uh, again. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? And the wise men are, you know, he's in, he's in Bethlehem and we think this is the guy that we've all been waiting for. And Herod says, wow, like that's cool. Let me know when you find him because I want to come worship him too. Meanwhile, like, I was like, I'm going to murder this kid if I can get to him. The wise men are ultimately tipped off and they don't, they don't invite Herod to him. But, but Herod in this place... He, he, misses, he misses Jesus altogether as well, and he's coming from a different place, a different angle, and ultimately for, for Herod, how he missed God was he was afraid. He, was, he had fear of inviting someone else onto the scene who had more authority in his life than he did. He's afraid to acknowledge someone in his life that had more authority than him, and we can miss God so easily that way, because it is scary to invite someone else into your life who can tell you what to do. If God shows up in your life, he has rank over you. He's he's higher than you. He's the boss of you. And not a lot of us don't want that. Some of us have enough bosses around, like, I don't really know if I need another guy showing up. Now, we like the idea of God showing up. God, would you please show up? But like, when he does, it can be a little scary, And so for Herod, who was a guy who was in authority at that time, and some of us can have a little more of this tendency, like we are alpha authority, no one tells us what to do, we run our household, we're boss at work, like we are the top. It's hard to submit to somebody else. And Herod being the, the king at the time, right, he was sort of labeled the king of the Jews at the time, was not really looking forward to having another king of the Jews show up, who supposedly is the actual guy. Like, this is the guy we've, everyone's been waiting for and looking for. And Herod wasn't ignorant. He was informed, but he still misses it. And if he processes it, like, he was like, oh my gosh, cool, I'm off the hook. The Messiah is here. Let's bring him in. He's like, oh shoot, this is going to disrupt my life. This is going to be very disruptive to me. And we talked about this, I know, a couple weeks ago, but it's worth noting again. When God shows up, he's the boss of you. And no one likes that. Like, you're not the boss of me. Like, yeah, he is. He, he, he takes your authority. Whatever that is in your life, whatever the thing is that you like to really own. And for Herod, it was, it was his comfort as a, as a politician under Rome. He was succeeding. He was managing the Jewish people. The Roman Empire would have given him an army, and he had an army at his disposal, as his, at his disposal to keep the Jewish people in check while they're under the Roman Empire. He's getting wealthy and are collecting taxes. And so no wonder he panics when someone else kind of shows up who's born. He's being called the king of the Jews. He's threatened. And Jesus, and this is hard, but he, he threatens your life as you know it. When you invite him in, he kind of pushes a little bit of you out. That's just how it works. And that's, that's a harder thing to process. Whatever those decisions are in your life, relational uh, financial, spiritual, you know, your workplace, your schooling, you, you, when that God starts to show up, it's like, oh, shoot, he's here? Because I was kind of doing fine on my own. What's this going to mean for me? And Herod didn't know. So does that mean I'm out of a job? Like, you don't know when God shows up. But our role is, is to make room for him. And, and that could be a kind of a scary thing. And like, what if God does show up in your life? What if you hear him, he's starting to move and you sense something's moving? Like, how do I respond to that? I mean, I have no room. I'm afraid. I, I can't deal with that right now. And both the innkeeper and Herod, like, they just, they create space from this story. They're against this story in certain ways. We also see in this same text, there's Herod and it says he calls all the religious leaders with him all the spiritual advisors and he's like hey this the king's here and they're like all kind of like disturbed as well and these are the people who've been searching scriptures for years and years and passing on tradition oral tradition written tradition there's going to be this messiah god is going to deliver his people and and then there's this word that like maybe he's here and they're like meh we're good and you know what that is that's indifference and they miss Jesus on the scene. They miss this Christmas story. They had all the facts, but they're indifferent to the story. Like, uh, I, we were looking for it before, but now it's here like, meh, I'm all right. And some of us have that. Like, I feel like that when I'm like, you know, going through pictures of, of surf. And I've seen some stuff on like, you know, Instagram this week or magazine. Like, Man, I wish we had waves. I wish we had good surf. And then someone's like, oh, the surf's so good. You want to go out? I'm like, meh, I don't really feel like it. It's kind of cold. <laughs> Poor Jeff. He's not here today, man. He hits me up all the time. Like, I don't know what that guy does for a living, but he surfs every day. (laughs) But it's kind of like that. and We've had that, right? You're kind of like, man, I'm anticipating something. I'm waiting for something. New restaurants. Like, oh, did you hear they're going to open that new place? And then it opens like you never go. Like, it was exciting until it actually came. And then you don't show up. Like the idea of a Messiah was exciting to the Jewish people. I mean, that was the hope they've been hanging on to for generation upon generation upon generation for hundreds of years. This person is going to come. This this God's son is going to come. He's going to be a deliverer, a Messiah. The Christ is going to be with us. And then these wise men come and the signs are all lining up. They're quoting scriptures. They're like, we think this is the guy. And they don't even journey to go check it out for themselves. It wasn't like, well, let's put a team together and let's go see what it, what it feels like. They don't do anything. They're just kind of disturbed at the news. And we know enough about God, many of us, how he acts and he moves and how he speaks to our hearts, how he motivates us. And when he starts to stir, because you pray like, man, I just need God to do something in my life. And he starts to stir. someone's easy, like, ah, I, don't, I don't really care, actually. It was a fine prayer, but when it starts to happen, you just sort of like "Mm, I'm not gonna pursue that. And they and they miss this story as well. And they like here, they were well informed, they were theological experts, they knew the signs. And they missed this thing. So what if God were to actually show up? Would you recognize him? Would you even care to take a look at what's happening? Would you pursue? Or say, Oh, that's cool. And each of these people, they're, they're kind of nested in this other story of people seeking Jesus. But they're like, mm, they're just falling away. And you've got, you've got no room, right? They're just not making room. They've got, you've got fear of someone else showing up in your life. You've got this sort of just indifference in general to the story. And they miss getting close to the Son of God. One of the great Christmas stories besides this one uh, involves a character by the name of Ebenezer Scrooge. And love this story, A Christmas Carol, any way it's told. I mean, the old one, the new one, the cartoon ones, the Muppets, you know, Donald Duck and Mickey Mouse, whatever one's on. It's just a great story. And, and most of us are familiar with it. So we've got these ghosts, these three different ghosts that show up in his life. And, and, and the ghosts in these stories, they really represent his choices, right? I and mean, he kind of gets on this journey, he represents his choices, I was just thinking about this this week. I just want to give a couple takeaways out of this thing as sort of been processing. As this character of Ebenezer Scrooge, he sort of realizes his different choices in life have made him who he is. And that could be anyone, even in, in the text that we look. You know, Herod, I mean, he, he was born that way. He's sort of a son. You know, he was in sort of his hierarchy. He was supposed to be there, and like, he ends up a certain way. But that doesn't mean you have to stay that way, right? Some of us, like, yeah, well, I come from this. I've always done this. Like, that doesn't mean you have to stay that way. God is showing up and he's moving. Don't stay that way. But if you think about Ebenezer Scrooge and this, and this person of the past, I think we all have these ghosts, right, kind of in our life, these choices that we've made that haven't been the finest, that come back to haunt us certain times of the year. Maybe that's Christmas for you. Maybe that's random moments. Like, gosh, really whiffed on that. That decision, that relationship, that place, those words. Those things show up like, hey, remember when you did that? Those are hard moments, but they also can be good for self-reflection. And if you remember his story for Scrooge, he gets this ghost of Christmas past that shows up, and it kind of shows him his life and some of his decisions and some heartbreak. And it kind of began to sort of shape who he was. But one thing I want to share with you guys this morning is this. You don't get to choose what comes into your life, but you do choose what you're going to do with it. You don't always choose what comes into your life. You do choose what you're going to get to do with it. And some of us have hard stories. Some of us have hard stuff that, have, that has shown up. But you do get to choose what you're going to do with that. And I don't care if you're an innkeeper. Like, hey, I didn't bring this on myself. It's census time. I don't have room. Like, man, you can do something different. There's always a choice. And that Christmas carol, right, he's kind of lamenting over watching this stuff. He's like, oh, my gosh, That hurts. And certain things happen. Like, yeah, you still have a choice. He gets this sort of season of the, of the present and what's happening now. And he's like, man, these people are having so much fun or so much joy. They're so poor. How does that work? Wish I was part of it. And for Scrooge, as he looks in from the outside, he's seen the, the poor yet content. Right? He's seen his clerks crippled son for the first time because he was just so oblivious to his people close to him and their hurts. You can't change the past, but you can always become part of God's present. You can't change the past. Whatever hurt, brokenness, things you've messed up, it's done. You can't change that. But you can choose to step into God's present. Whoever you are, wherever you've come from. And that is a lot of normal sharing. That's a Christmas story. God's, God has stepped into our present. He's inviting us to, to join him. He's like, I'm here with you. Come here with me. Regardless of where you've come from or what you've messed up in the past. And it's so easy to stand on the outside looking in. You just step into it. And I don't know what that is for you. You know what that is. It's taking a deep breath and just trusting God. Taking a deep breath and sharing something with that person. Just making a couple tweaks in your life. Like, man, we just got to dive in here. God is doing something. And so he I wish I was part of that. Man, step into that. Scrooge ultimately ends up sort of having this big heart check at the end. We're like, hey, there's, there's the grave. And in the, you know, the, the Disney one, it's Stinky P with his cigar. And he's sort of like laughing. And it's, and it's like, hey, you know who that is? That's you. That's where you're going to sort of end up. And when we realize our brokenness, that is a catalyst for true life. That is a catalyst for real life. When you realize, man, I am just, I'm broken. I am messed up. And he had to kind of get to that point in this story to sort of wake up. And so when that's, that needs to be our prayer to sort of wake us up. God, man, show me. Show me my own brokenness. They may find true life in you. And it's never too late. Wherever you're at, I'm going to have the band come up. we will closing in a, song. Sort of wherever you're at, wherever you've been, it's not too late. And these guys in the Christmas stories, many who, who the, you know, we talk about the wise men, the shepherds, are able to join in. There's a whole bunch that just missed it. Just for stuff in their life that were excuses, they were indifferent, they were afraid, they didn't have willingness to, in, to invite God in. It's a proverb uh, that I love. I think it was a Chinese proverb. It says, the best time to plant a tree is seven years ago. Second, time, second best time is today. Right? And we live in that so many, in so many different ways. Like, yeah, I wish I would have done that. Wish I would have bought, you know, Apple stocks when they were a penny. I can't now. Right? There's all this stuff I wish I could have done, but man, the second best time is today. And I wish I told so-and-so I love them more. Well, you didn't, but you can start today. I wish they made Christmas, carved out some time for our family and centered ourselves on Christ a little more in the past. Well, you can today or in two days. Whatever that stuff is, man, I wish I didn't have so many, such a broken trail of relationship. Well, you have it. Start working on it. Wish I saved up more money last year and didn't go into so much debt. Well, you did. So start working on, on that today. So, God, we thank you for who you are. Thank you for story. Uh, Thank you for just getting into the mess with us. Norman talked about, Lord. You just dove right in. And your story, God, is bumpy and crazy, and there's rumors of divorce, and there's no room, and there's people trying to kill you, you know, all between all before the age of two. And you stepped into our mess, God. And you can make all things beautiful. So we love you. Pray for anyone in this room right now. It's just hurting, and Christmas is just a time of like chaos or despair or fear or just want to get through it. Man, what a tragedy. Heal our hearts of that, God. Help us to be present in you. Thank you for being present with us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to Pastor Jesse Giglio, recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. For more information about New Church, go to dot com. Again, that web address is N-E-U-E-C-H-U-R-C-H dot com. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you and yours.